Hello, everyone, and thank you for listening in with us today on our podcast, For the Sake of the Child. Our podcasts are brought to you by the Military Child Education Coalition, whose work is focused on ensuring quality educational opportunities for all military-connected children affected by mobility, family separation, deployments, and transition. Here at the MSEC, we want to ensure that every military child is college, workforce, and life ready. In our podcast, we will share your stories as we talk to military service members, professionals, parents, and military kids. Please like, share, and subscribe. And we appreciate your comments, questions, and ideas for topics that you would like to hear more about. So is there a cure, quote-unquote, for autism, or can you talk a little bit about who might be on the child's treatment team for a child who's been diagnosed with autism? So it, it definitely you want to get to a point where a child or as, as you come to an adult is, is not necessarily inhibited by some of their autistic tendencies or traits or the, the things that, that impact them. And, and there are definitely individuals with a, a diagnosis of autism that marry, that have great jobs, that even, you know, enter into beauty pageants or become public speakers. It's not necessarily uh, just end sentence for for a long-term, you know, dreams and aspirations. However, it does require a certain level of support. And just like another disability or a neurological disorder, constant work to help overcome. So an exact cure so that it's gone away and it never rears its its symptoms I, I can't say that that's the case, but what I do have is I have a, a abundance of hope that the treatment that uh, makes a difference for these, these these children and these families. And what are, is that treatment? Often it includes language help because of the the verbal difficulties with autism, whether that's a speech pathologist or a behavioral therapist that promotes language. It also benefits from therapy with physical or occupational therapy to help with some play opportunities or fine motor or gross motor skills. The other thing is is the education system has a great amount of resources to provide even early intervention before they start at age three to go into the schools and developmental preschools, help with a lot of pro-social opportunities, and even as you get older, getting social skills and doing that in small or larger groups and almost kind of role-playing out how you should act in certain situations. But these these type of treatments are pretty intensive. It's not that one size fits all. For some kids, they, you know, they need 15 to 20 hours of, of therapy. For other kids, you know, five hours of therapy is all they need initially, and then they, they do well in, you know, a regular setting. Uh, or a typical environment with their same age peers, and then they just need kind of boosters or help from time to time. But usually, you know, having a, a medical person on the team, having a, a community advocacy, having an educational expert, bringing those people around is, is what really brings it. And there is a, a toolkit and ways to help families bring those together. Um, one of the better ones I've found has been on Autism Speaks, Mm-hmm. Uh, for our military families, there's also uh, Operation Autism, and so there are ones there that if you go to Google and just do those searches, you'll you'll be able to find them. If not, you know, contact uh, uh, your local pediatrician or reach out to me. I'm happy to help. 
So military families with children with autism, they encounter some very specific types of challenges as a result of their lifestyle moving around often. What are some of the common difficulties that you've come across when assisting military families, and what supports are available to help those families in those situations? So one of the biggest challenges is the getting connected to all these services and mm-hmm. the services and the different systems of care, whether it's medical and finding your pediatrician or it's getting connected to your school or feeling connected to your community. You know, sometimes our natural tendencies when we have a special needs child is to, you know, not be out in the community because maybe their behaviors, people look at you and cast inappropriate judgments. And so that level of comfort and that security sometimes takes 6, 12, 18 months, sometimes even more for some families. And that's just in time for getting your orders and having to move to your next base just to start over again. And and that gets tiring and very fatiguing. And then families have to make difficult decisions. Do they? Does one family stay connected to the the community while the service member moves from place to place and then they're a geographic bachelor? And those are just some of the, the stressors and not not even to mention, you know, the training or the deployments and those that come up as well for, for families of any service. So it becomes just an added level of dynamic and, and pretty difficult to, to overcome. One of the things that we've done here at Joint Base Lewis McCord is setting up an autism center to be able to receive families as they arrive and, and provide them some initial services and education for new diagnosis of families as well. And families can walk in and take advantage of those resources and then also through their insurance, their medical, get access to therapists who are part of that autism center as well. It's titled JBLM Cares. Hopefully this is a model that could be looked at other places. But in the interim, it's going to the medical home, it's trying to get connected and getting on those services. What is difficult is once you get referred for some of these needed therapies for, for the child is is the wait list and trying to navigate right. those around. And that that becomes very, very difficult and frustrating in understanding why am I on this wait list, I'm seeing my child stressing, and, and, and what can I do about it? And sometimes you you, you feel more helpless and, instead of hopeful. Yeah, there's nothing worse as a military family if that word, wait list, wait list. And sometimes, you know, I found that there's opportunities to call ahead. Depending on your service provider, they can call ahead and check, you know, what's available in your area and to start setting that up even before a PCS moves. So that's something we parents have recommended to families as well as trying to look ahead and start setting up ahead before you even get out there. So let's say a parent listens to this podcast and they might have a concern or maybe a suspicion that their child has autism or another developmental delay. What should the next step be for them? So it, it's they they should talk to the, their their trusted medical provider, or they can even at, at any age they can take their child to a, a, a school and say that they're concerned and get the get the the phone number for the child find or early intervention. They can look up a, any program has an early intervention um, component or, like I said, a child find, which is a phone number. Um, some states just have a single number, and they can they can call. I think the most important thing I'd say is if you have that inkling of a concern, 
make that call. Make that contact. Let somebody know that you're concerned and follow through with that and get that evaluation. They're, they're free, that they're paid for by taxes, and that we all live in and, and utilize, so we, we ought to take advantage of that. As far as the concept for, for families, they, they really know that, need to know that there are people there that, that want to help and, and want to wrap their arms around them and, and help them out. So just to, we're going to wrap things up here. Thank you yep. so much for your time. You but um, do you, just as a final thought, do you have any advice for parents who may be worried about what the future holds for their child with autism? So you touched on this a little bit earlier when you talked about how there's people with autism doing public speaking and, and out doing these wonderful things. What else can you leave parents with? I think every child is beautiful, and there's something about that child that is beautiful, and they have a strength. And that, they, and it's it's working with the, those strengths, and helping those strengths be shared with with others. It's it's recognizing we all have strengths and weaknesses, but sometimes you know having sharing your child um, who does have autism with the rest of us helps us to be better, and helps our community mm-hmm. to be better. And I just I, I we're all in this together. We really are are all part of one big community, one big family, and um, we're as, as we we share in 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 that. And I, I just don't want people to feel isolated. And if they feel that way, we we're not doing our job of getting them connected. And and mm-hmm. I recognize military families that are at risk of connecting and then disconnecting and reconnecting. And like you mentioned, it's a matter of finding. Um, those team members, even before you move to the next place, whether it's system navigators or it's family friends or, uh, uh, you know, support groups that are already there, I think that that's, that's critical. But really, um, I guess one of the things that, that keeps me so, you know, um, active in loving what I do is, is the hope and seeing that light in those, those children's eyes. As they grow and and develop, and and they do, they they make progress. They make incredible progress that some of us wouldn't even imagine. And and that's what I wish I could see show some some parents with new new children diagnosed with autism is is what the potential of what their child could look like ten or fifteen years later. Right, and that it's going to get easier. Sometimes Absolutely. those early days are so much of a struggle that you know every step of the way those pieces that unlock and how things do eventually become easier. Thank you so much. And we do, we plan to track you down this summer at NCS <laughs> and, and talk to you again. So thank you so much. And we will forward to talking to you again then. I just appreciate a parent taking the time to, to listen to this podcast and I hope they've gotten something from it. And if there's questions, I'm, I'm happy to answer them. Um, like I said, if they filter them through any way or try and get them connected, if they're not feeling that way, there are people throughout our entire system that, that want to help and support. And we're, we're continuing to work hard to, to find what more we need to do to, to make those connections as well. Well, thank you so much. You bet. I could seriously sit and chat with Dr. Flake all day, which is why we had to make this a two-part podcast, because I was just captivated by, by what he had to share. So when Dr. Flake talked about hope for the future and successful adults with autism, it brought to mind some of the successful adults with autism like Dr. Temple Grandin and Dan Aykroyd who are out doing wonderful things 
which offset some of the dismal statistics we can come across as parents as we research. We spoke about some of the hardships that we face as military families, and all I could think about is, has this guy read my journal? He could have been speaking directly to me. It occurred to me that other families are facing some of the same hard things that we are and that we aren't alone. Other people have struggled and are tired. There are others of you out there who also find going out and meeting new people exhausting and a challenge when there are multiple factors to consider. I will tell you that our family has been able to utilize some of the intense treatment options. And I have to say my son has worked very hard, and in a short period of time he has shown incredible progress, as Dr. Flick described. It takes some time to get all the requirements, the paperwork, specialists, and service providers lined up, and I had some phone calls with some peers involved in those first months, I have to admit. It is overwhelming at times. Our services started with developmental self-contained preschool. It wasn't specific to autism, but it did have some teachers who were well-trained anyway, and that was a huge life changer for us, along with some OT and speech therapy in those early years. For us, due to lack of providers in our area initially, a PCS move and some other circumstances, it took 26 months to get ABA services in place, but we are now doing that applied behavior analysis therapy that I'll admit can seem arduous at times with my son putting in long days and hours and therapies, but I am happy to report, though, that my son has had a best friend for a year and a half now. His speech therapists and teachers have reported that he's a leader in his small group sessions, and I've seen empathy from him and the ability to maturely converse with adults that I haven't even seen in my neurotypical children. When I said at the end of the podcast that things get easier, it's because I have friends who are still in the weeds and who still feel isolated. Believe me when I say that I've been there, and we still have hard moments, but reach out and get connected with the services afforded to you and meet people who are walking this road also. It truly is worth it, and I promise you that you won't regret it. I want to thank you again for listening to our podcast, For the Sake of the Child. We would like to invite you to visit our website at www.militarychild.org. Like the MSEC on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Please join us again next time as we share more stories that impact our military-connected kids.